Welcome to the Water Cooler. With me, Stephen Dan. And me, Toby Faulkner. That was an extremely Australian introduction. Well, it was post-apocalyptic Australian. Post-apocalyptic Australia. Because today is the bumper issue of big old films that have been out recently. Big, big films. films. Uh, we've got Mad Max. And then... we got J-World. Or oh, Jurassic Park, as people are calling it. And then, to top it all off... A, a big old overview of uh, Game of Thrones season yeah. five. Well, Ooh. we will be diving fully into spoilers. Yep. So yeah, if you guys haven't watched the movies, don't worry because we're not going to spoil those for you. We'll be dicks, don't worry. As much as we can. Uh, but Game of Thrones, yeah, we're assuming that you've all caught up and watched it. Because why aren't you watching it as soon as it comes out? There will be a lot to talk about if we can do spoilers. No, that's a good point, actually. And this character. I I like to to when that character did that thing with that character. Their outfits are rather fetching. But uh, yeah, we wouldn't have very much to talk about, would we? That would be be pretty much it. Full spoilers ahead. But we may possibly um, go over Jurassic World, I imagine. Um, in a bit more in-depth detail, yeah, if like we feel me, but yeah, that would be quite nice. Cause, Potentially um, on another day. Yeah, because it surprised me. It, we could talk about this a bit, but it definitely surprised me um, with how good it was. So, um, But we'll go into that, yeah, in uh, yeah. detail later on. So we should say this is the first of our sort of two-part, episode yeah. three and four, special. Yeah. We'll be doing just about those three things we just mentioned this week. Next week, fully dedicated to all the E3 coverage that is coming out as yeah, we speak. Which, there's a lot and it's really like we said on the last podcast there's there's a lot of good games you know some years it's a bit weaker than others and you're like yeah but this time around uh, there's so much there's, there's so lot. much very exciting time for video gamers okay so let's kick it off we're off to the future with mad max Fury Road. What you just heard there were a series of explosions. Uh, we were going to try and find a, a sort of clip of dialogue just to kind of sum up the narrative, but yeah, not a lot of dialogue in that movie. Lots um, of explosions, though. Which, yeah, yeah, lots of explosions, which is definitely a strength. Definitely a strength for that definitely. kind of movie. So, one, the immediate thing you notice about this film is the cinematography in it and just how good it looks it does look yeah. phenomenal like the color palette itself like just by itself each shot like if you just took the colors they're incredibly good i mean um a lot of post-apocalyptic it, it's all brown isn't it you know you, yeah. you watch most things it's just just wasteland and you know there's a, there's an element of that but they definitely sort of play up to the yeah the color splice the sand and the sunshine and mm. um the, yeah, there is some you know sort of green grassy areas in a couple of places oh, so yeah, it's a nice yeah, you've got mixture you've got scenes as well oh yeah so a complete it. change of like color palette isn't yeah. it and then obviously all the explosions and the chase exactly. scenes have all got their own kind of distinct colors so it's yeah it does look incredible and it's the way all these scenes are shot as well with yeah. the cameras that's amazing work and the editing is yeah all- Oh, it's, it is. It could easily be a Brilliant. boring film to watch, couldn't it? it like could. with all the like films, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be great if it's got explosions and fast moving cars. <laughs> Michael Bay, Transformers. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but the the way it's framed and the way it's stitched together, yeah, and like you say, the camera work, like it's it's crazy. Some of the techniques that George Miller uses right at the beginning as well, just mm. to just to make Max seem really skittish and like edgy. And yeah, he on the edge of sanity, kind of. Bit. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, again, that could have been really a cheap thing to do in another film. I, you know, would have looked at that and gone, "Now nah, that's 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 just a yeah. load of rubbish. That's a shortcut." But the way they did it and the way it was filmed, it yeah, it just really worked well. And mm. um, sort of set, that whole opening scene kind of sets things up, really, doesn't it? Um, what makes it onto the shots as well? The effects are so physical and real yeah a lot of them are yeah they are. it is proper real real Old fire school. real explosions real yeah. smashes and crashes i mean that's a hell of an undertaking no wonder they kept that because the, the actual we'll get onto this a bit later but the premise of the story is fairly simple yeah but you can see why they've done it because to set up those shots it. each and every time like can you imagine the health and safety officials just there like oh, just crying we're in the middle of the Namibian desert and there's cars and explosions <laughs> why am I here uh, I mean they, they'll probably love it actually you know probably would love that that's, that seems like a fun job actually you're like no you don't don't blow that up yet <laughs> oh, God. oh Jesus <laughs> Um, but no, it's it, it's a testament really to it um, to it, the original films as well. You know that they, they really pioneered 
the whole insane car crash thing you know yeah. that was their main focus that's why people went to see them um there are other films you know sort of post-apocalyptic things around and that was the main draw so um they've really really done well with tying it into the sort of previous three films in that respect definitely and i mean it does look better it does look better than a cgi explosion it, it really does one day you might not be able to say that but right now you can you can tell the difference it's you know even if you get practical effects augmented by a bit of cg here and there like a little mm. touched up here and there which i'm sure they did um for mad max that's still a hell of a lot better than full-on 100 percent green screen yeah you know? even if it's the best cgi it's just something that's not physical about no. it. it's not solid about it and that it is still noticeable it doesn't feel as real yeah really yeah this film really is you can sort of smell the explosions of yeah. the petrol it and is the, great you know feel the bumps along the road and everything it is proper yeah it really yeah. is um, next up I'd, I'd like to talk about the whole world building aspect mm-hmm. which is, is something that I found I quite enjoy in movies um, it's um, I guess it's in, in this film and similarly to John Wick um, that we reviewed a couple of weeks ago um, things things are shown to you they're not explained yeah so I think that's you really shown, refreshing you know like you've got the bad guys who they have this whole sort of hierarchy that isn't explicitly pointed out to you no but they show you glimpses of these different people doing different jobs um in different areas and you kind of you get to put it together yourself which is really fun i think yeah. because it, it's it's quite pulpy it's like there's loads going on yeah You're watching it there's loads of crazy characters but it it does end up sort of lending itself to to the world because you try and fill in the gaps yourself try and build up you know this imaginary place that, that they've presented you with yeah, because they could have easily gone the other way and just had people explaining things yeah, to other Max people. Yeah, Max pointing and going, going, oh, that's that evil that? guy. I don't He's like that. him. Yeah. What's he done in the past? But they don't yeah. do that at all. There is uh, there is sort of one scene where Furiosa explains sort of what her plan is to Max. And that's yeah. like literally the longest piece of dialogue in the film, which yeah. takes up about a minute. <laughs> that's it. That's that, the, it that's stands out for that reason, get. doesn't it? You really focus on mm. her story of redemption. Yeah. Um, purely through the fact that it's, it's this one little yeah that, that would that would be nothing in another film that would just be more exposition but the fact that she states it to Max you know that it drives it home and you end up really sort of rooting for her yeah which which is another big sort of element to the film is the surprise protagonist yeah who Mad Max is not the main character right. it's it's hard to make a case that he is yeah because yeah. it really is Charlie Theron as Furiosa one yeah. of the best and coolest characters she is so cool so with cool. her robot metal hand i mean that was cg and that was done really well yeah to be fair to, to give to give to give them credit just slagged off cg loads. yes but that you know when it's, it's focused great. you wouldn't when, know that was great it was mm. really well done um and yeah i mean the fact that she pretty quickly takes over the narrative sort of drive of the film as soon as as soon as she gets to the tanker and starts driving yeah a road chase commences. It doesn't it's, finish until the end of the movie, and it's all about. It's actually got a war goal, rig, Stephen. Not not a, ta- yeah, not a tank. Tanker. Tank. Oh, oh, sorry. A I'm war sorry. rig. The war rig. So yeah, yeah. Um, but that's um, it. It was quite surprising. Max has always been <clears throat> like in in the other films. He's always taken a bit of a backseat towards the end of the film. Like he's always helping people, and but. Never to quite this extent, I don't think. No, he really is just there for the, the ride. Drifter. He's yeah. kind of, yeah, sort of yeah. Which is, I think, partly to do with they're trying to work out where Fury Road sits in the whole timeline. And I think they've decided kind of that to really focus on the drifter aspect and have him just all these different tales that he experiences in his time in the wasteland. You're not meant to stitch it together, besides the first one. Like the rest, you're not really meant to no. put in any order. It's just another chapter in Max's time. Out yeah. in the yeah on the wasteland so um in, in that respect it makes sense to have a sort of yeah Excellent. another protagonist and but no, furiosa is the really pacing of the good. film with the very simple plot it just keeps it's unrelenting just the whole film is basically a massive car, car chase. chase yeah it's, it's a yeah. road movie yeah as the name might suggest yeah, absolutely. a fury yeah, road yeah. and it's mad yeah and it's just unrelenting the set pieces just ridiculous in scale and it just keeps jacking them I up mean, and up and up and up yeah and, it's, and i knew it was i knew it was gonna be 
obviously car chase after car chase after car chase with all these crazy explosions and set pieces but i didn't realize just how how simplified it was going to be it is mm, one car chase with a few is. stops you know with yeah. a few breathers it's, they don't get to a, a town and then something else kicks off it's just the same car chase for like pretty much the entire movie yeah. which is an incredible feat of like sort of storytelling and when they wrote that down they must have been like half like how have we done this? It How almost sort one... of plays like a game in that you've got yeah. big set, you've got the big combat spectacle moments. So you get a little bit of a breather. Little, yeah, like yeah. They sort of they they're very well timed mm. these events and it and... sort of builds up to the next piece. Yeah, and you've almost got the sort of little boss fights, as it were. You've got the people from um, Imogen Joe's yeah so sort of the head villain he's got he's kind of in a sort of quite a delicate truce with everyone around him yeah. you know you've got a place called gas town which mm-hmm. as the name suggests is where they've got all the gasoline available yeah. that they sort of dish out to people um I'm trying to think what the other there was another town it's to do with to do. ammo isn't it yeah, it's where they get it. all the guns and, and so stuff. they're in a bit of a sort of stalemate with each other you yeah. can tell they've, they've yeah got a truce going and that, yeah that was and they um, all go after furious yeah, yeah. and they all just go sort of one at a time they'll yeah. Send in different vehicles. So it is like his, his, the level one boss is yeah. level two. And oh, it works so show. well. It's, it's Because the good. characters work brilliantly, I think. Again, they're yeah. not, I say characters, they're people you see on screen that you sort of see their name in the credits. Yeah. You've yeah. obviously got Max in Furiosa. You've got Nicholas Holt, who I thought was really, really good. And he's <laughs> really a great good. actor playing Nux, who's one of the war boys, yeah. who are sort of, sort of the, the main sort of soldier baddies. Yeah. And obviously you've got Immortan Joe, who's the big bad. And you've just got these ridiculous names. Rictus Erectus. Um, yeah. <laughs> when I heard that, I thought, really? The People Eater, the Bullet Farmer. Yeah. Oh, crazy names. And then you've got um, Immortan Joe's wives, which is sort of... Yeah, they've all got their own sort of key names. They're chasing after. Yeah. They've got names like Toaster Knowing, <laughs> Splendid, <laughs> Capable the dag thing is these names are like never mentioned until you see the credits yeah, and read them off like, and you're like what but that again it's it's kind of mm. i guess it's treating the characters more as ideas and ways of moving the plot on and representing certain things than the actual sort of characters themselves you know it's not really important what the name is what's important is what they're doing exactly and then afterwards it's like ah so they were this and that was that it, it yeah, all sort of a few pieces together in your head yeah it's so yeah. much better than just being told constantly because that would have really derailed the film I think with the pacing it would have yeah a lot of explaining wouldn't there there'd been a lot of you know backstory there, yeah instead of just showing it to us and it's yeah I mean for such a simple film it's it's, it's great it's been put together it is it, it fantastic I could not recommend a film more than this no. it, it was absolutely no. fantastic and this is someone I saw the first Mad Max maybe like a few months before this one so oh, sometime right, yeah. last year didn't really th- it didn't age well in think maybe um, no, if you'd grown up with no. it you'd still love it but i think i so. was a bit what is going on i mean it's, it's i mean it was ridiculously low budget yeah you know, this it's quite nice because you can kind of tell especially with man max 3 that george miller probably let the budget go to his head a little bit you know because okay. it's like because there's all there's crazy stuff going on there's the thunderdome which is some gladiator ring it's you know yeah. get, it moves away quite a lot from the whole car chase element you know the wasteland it's not wasteland it's just like the coliseum basically okay um and i think you can kind of tell they went a bit crazy with the budget whereas this time they've basically taken mad max the first one all the best bits and and a lot from mad max 2 to be fair used the budget really really well like mm. it's 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 insane um yeah i guess there are quite a few nods actually to mad max 2 having thought about it there's um few little sort of easter eggs and things like that like his car and his leg brace i think okay that you can kind of see in this film that um sort of yeah goes back to an injury he got in number two so it's um it's a bit of a love letter really isn't it yeah yeah so um but it's at the same time it it does its own thing really really well it really does it's standalone fully recommend how many duns are you giving it I'm going to give it oh this is tough what did I give I gave John Wick 5 didn't I you gave it 5 duns you went went big quite early I think I was biased because it's Kenny Reeves and I I quite like him and there was yeah so I kind of in relation to that I should probably also give it 5 duns but I feel I'm going to keep giving films 5 duns I'm going to say 4.5 okay 
four and a half. That sounds like five. it's not as good as John Wick. I'm gonna counter that and say I preferred Mad Max to John Wick, and I really like John Wick, but I thought yeah. Mad Max was yeah. about as sort of perfect as a blockbuster. Can get. Oh yeah, absolutely. I yeah. flipping loved it. So go watch it if you haven't already. Yes, go now. So from last month's big blockbuster to this weekend's big blockbuster. Jurassic World. And possibly the blockbuster of the decade? I don't know. Probably. It's, it's, it's heading that way. Definitely. I was really surprised by the figures. Mm, we we should amazed. discuss this first because it's been recently announced that it's sort of all time opening weekends of box office king, isn't it? Basically. Yeah, like, of all films. Beating Avengers. Yeah, you kind of got to take into account inflation and all that stuff. But even inflation so. Inflation from 2012? I don't know if we got. This is going to make that big a difference. Oh, true, so. actually. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm thinking for like the whole of time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but it, oh, yeah. It's, uh, as of late, it's definitely, yeah, number one. And yeah, I, I reckon even if you do all the conversions and things, it's still definitely going to be way, way up there. Yeah. Way up there. Has absolutely smashed it. Yeah, for good reason as well as we are about to discuss. Yes, what are the figures? How 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 many dollars? Two hundred and eight point eight million dollars in its opening weekend. That's over three days: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Worldwide, five hundred million dollars. Nice. Just ridiculous. That's crazy. Makes sense though. Everyone loves dinosaurs. Well, apparently. Everyone they really do. Everyone, I know I do. Yeah. And apparently everyone else everyone does too. Well, yeah. Um, but the film in and of itself is great and is worth it. I think you, know, it you get some, it. You get some so blockbusters kudos. where you're like, nah, like, you know, like Ow. Fast and Furious. Like, you know, enjoyable movies, I assume, but like not, you know, not cream of the crop. Yeah, this, even like Avatar, like another big one. Yeah, yeah it looks like, good. You know, it's substance-wise. Yeah, you you're know. like that got there because of the marketing alone. You know, that kind of yeah. got to number one spot, and you kind of do think a little bit about that about Jurassic World because it was fairly heavily marketed. I don't know if it was though. I don't it, know if it was that big a lead up to it. It obviously had a couple of trailers, yeah, and TV yeah. spots. I don't think it was that heavy on it. I wouldn't say it wasn't more than. I don't know. I think we films. missed out on all like the kids stuff, like That's the true. Burger King toys. stuff and the toys and the. But yeah, yeah. Having said that, it's not. Yeah, definitely not been the most sort of ex- um, widely exposed movie um, no. recently. But it, yeah, uh, for sure, deserves this number one spot because. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And the more I think about the film, the more I enjoy it. And that's quite rare. Yeah, I've seen it twice now. Um, maybe even loved it more the second time. Yeah. I, it is a real grower and mm. it, it's an instant hit as well. So, yeah. you know, on two fronts there, you do just, the more you think about it, more like, oh yeah, dad, really like that. Yeah. I think that is the case as you're watching the film even. I sort of went into it. I was yeah. Like, oh. I wasn't, you know, everyone was expecting a whole lot the from The trailers it. were quite weak. They were quite weak. They trailers, were tepid. Yeah. As far as the temperature of trailers go, I was not, <laughs> I was not happy with it. I, I was kind of like, this is just run of the mill, you know, the whole gyrosphere thing. It's like, oh, there's going to be a whole scene of that, and you know that we could we could talk about the pacing later. But that again, that was quite a small part of the film, which yeah. is quite nice. But the trailer set it up as like, oh, you know, here's all the stuff you've seen before over three films, just yeah. with more money thrown at it. Mm. But it for sure was not that. It was it not. And one of the main reasons that it it wasn't just like that it was the nostalgia for the first and also second what i really Park liked films. about it is you get the nostalgia of the first one which yeah. is obviously it's the best one it's yeah, you know yeah. probably one of the best films still it's, it's, yeah. it's definitely one of those classic films and it and has it not is, dated it's like it the least dated. dated 90s mainly cg film absolutely you know um yeah, yeah the original will it's, not be beat no, but it's got but, all that sort of wonder in it. It still holds that. It's got obviously the same score. Yeah. And it sort of brings you back to that. And I think it's been long enough since that that it doesn't feel like just yeah. a sequel retreading ground. If so. they did that with number three, for instance, because mm. that was still somewhat, uh, you know, that there was a little gap between yeah. two and three compared to one and two. Yeah. Uh, even if they did it then, that would have come off as cheap. It would have been just, you know, people wouldn't have retreading ground, yeah. uninventive. But now it's been long enough time that I think any criticism that is drawn for retreading ground, I don't think it warrants because it knows what it's doing. It knows it's looking back at the sort of first film. But I also like how it looks back at the second and third film Mm. because they they are dismissed quite offhandedly sometimes as 
fair enough they were nowhere near the same class as the first one but they still there is I, I obviously i was a child when i watched them i yeah. remember really really liking them. they do have their memories yeah. so yeah. I, re- I remember again yeah it's not as good but there are some excellent set pieces in the second and third one for instance you've got the truck going off the cliff in number two with the oh T-Rex. yeah that oh yeah that's Mom kind of yeah they, that that's that wasn't really featured in number one either was it that was kind no. of unique to number two so yeah yeah and number two as well you've got the raptor attacking the long grass which i think is one of my, one of my oh, favorite yeah, scenes yeah. in the whole franchise that is great that is great. picking off the hunters one by one that's like a little bit referenced in this yeah one. yeah um number three you've got the pterodactyl attacking that cage yeah that's great i think they made the right decision they what they see what i've noticed is story-wise they were nostalgic over the first Jurassic Park movie so they within the story they referenced the old park yeah. and you know in in quite a nice way uh, and then the set pieces and some of the action and what actually happens in the movie outside of their sort of dialogue and things that is borrowed from two and three mm. so they've done it in a way where they they're not referencing they're not overtly referencing these films that people aren't so sure on yeah they're focusing more on on the first one to get everyone on board to get the kids on board that first watched it who are now grown up yeah and the adults that first watched and from the box office they've done that yeah (laughs) they have they've covered all bases yeah Yeah. um so and that really i did i had a lot of respect for it for and i don't feel if it's i don't know if it's undeserved respect because it would have been a cheap shot a few years earlier if they'd put this possibly if they put the same exact film out yeah a few years early Sort of early two thousands, like, yeah. Well, it would have been. that's such a rip off. Why are they, you know, they're, yeah, oh, they're just like, riding oh, off the success of the first one. Mm. And it, it, you know, a few years later, reframed. It's definitely not that. I love it. I think it's a great thing they've done. You know, they could have really distanced themselves from it, and you just sort of, you know, not not reboot necessarily, but something similar. In the vein of talking about sequels and reboots, yeah. I thought that sort of that is sort of parallel to the main theme of the film, mm. which is about commercialization of things. Yeah. How the dinosaurs have to be bigger, better, yeah, more exciting, much like a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I sort of I'm a bit torn. I don't know whether the film is really clever in doing this or a little bit hypocritical and sort of too clever for its own good where yeah, i don't know because it it works on enough levels the whole comparison the whole you know commercialization versus nature thing works yeah. on enough levels within the film itself because in the film that's made out to be bad like, yeah yeah like, you know the joy a simple joy of the dinosaurs and the park of fun is all good but when you try and put a price tag on it they sort of yeah they say like oh it'll be like horizon presents yeah. the indominus rex like commercial you know brands that's, owning that's dinosaurs that, that's happening with the film itself with you know the marketing exactly, thing. so exactly. it's a bit you can't have it both ways so can you got but... that they're sort of poking fun at that in the film but yeah at the very same time you've got they don't... just a ludicrous amount of product placement in it yeah and the fact it's a huge selling sequel yeah that is in all intents and purposes bigger more exciting that's what they've tried to do yeah make it bigger really yeah so the first film to sell tickets so it's a bit it's very self-knowing in that and it's i like the theme of the film but i don't know if it is a little bit ironic yeah i think it gets away with it because it works within the story well yeah it works it's enough of a focus for the storyline that it they get away with it because anything else you can just go oh well we're just we're just inferring that from it yeah you know if the director out and out said oh yeah I, i don't I don't like the idea of sequels and I don't like the big budget and the commercialization. It's like, why are you attached to this movie? I think that's movie? what quite um, steals it away from that, maybe, is the director, Colin Trevaro. Yeah. Previous film, Safety Not Guaranteed. Great little, little very small hit, budget. Wasn't it? Yeah. Hit. Very, not quite cool. Really funny. I loved it. So I've got some of, some of the same actors in it. It's got, um, is it Jake? I want to say Jake oh. Johnson. From yes, New I think Girl, that is his name. Who plays Nick Miller? No relation to Jack Johnson. Yeah, because I had to I look that up. I, was I like, did have to Google that one. I always just say his name. I was like, yeah. no, because that's a guy who wears a hat and plays guitar. Yeah, that's Jason Mraz. That's a different guy. And that all together, <laughs> oh my goodness, he's the one that plays guitar with that hat. Yeah, that's the difference. And uh, submerged in swimming pools. I I remember that. Okay. There's a music video of him underwater, and that's how I've always remembered Jack Johnson. Mate, it's there's an Omosaurus in but, that pole. Yeah. Oh, oh. The 
the highlight I assume we talk about the big dinosaur under the water yeah yeah for those of you who have seen the trailers and not the films yet it's it's good like that that particular dinosaur is mm. it's got some That's it's got more screen time than thumbs up for that dinosaur yeah absolutely absolutely yeah, it, was, it was great and it, it worked really well it wasn't cheap when it was yeah. used you know with the mosasaur as well and sort of the other dinosaurs really there is a ludicrous body count in this film yeah it's dark i think that's too much of a spoiler but compared no. to the first ones yeah only a few people die this it does not hold back no. on killing no. off some people and it's not even the deaths it's the way that they're shown it's it, it's never like they keep it family friendly it's yeah. never out and out like how you could have yeah an 18 rated jurassic just park brutal it could have yeah but it's it's done in a way that is it's now it is probably scarier than jurassic park you yeah, know, I if, guess. If I was a kid now watching mm. Jurassic World, like Jurassic Park was like just scary enough that I could watch it as a kid and be like scared but not scarred. Whereas now, I think if a kid watched Jurassic World, there's a there's a lot more they could probably take. Parents could take issue with. Uh, it's not out and out crazy, but yeah. a lot more blood. That's probably the main thing. Yeah, I think they just as the, I was talking about with the sequel, they've got to make yeah. it bigger, more exciting. Yeah, it really. So- in the first one obviously everything goes to shit yeah. everything really really goes, goes to shit in yeah. this it and does it's, it's all out chaos and carnage yeah. which just kind of fits because the whole theme park is open there's a yeah. lot of people there yeah. so obviously a lot more people are going to die, die. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, one of the highlights for me um, mainly for the way it was filmed among other things uh, was a sort of pterodactyl escape yeah that is uh, you see from the trailer helicopter straight through the dome all these um, sort of aerial dinosaurs are released yeah. and shit goes cray. Cray, cray. Um, but it's filmed in, in such a way that it, it felt fresh, even though yeah. that, that plot line's happened a million times, like, you know, but it worked really well and it, it was a perfect introduction to just how many people were in yeah. danger. Like, it, it's not just yeah. the main characters and yeah, the a keepers, couple of secondary the, characters. Yeah. It's like everyone in this park it's is under now threat. in danger. Yeah. For me, that was the set piece that sort of, all the way through the film, I was brilliant, like, oh, I'm really enjoying this, really enjoying this, really, like, every sort of set piece ratcheted up a bit, the tension yeah. got better, it got sort of, the pace quickened and quickened, it was that scene that sort of tipped over, right, I'm fully invested now, I'm loving this film yeah. so much. It was, uh, does it come around the halfway point, I think? Maybe just, it, yeah, it, 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 I guess it it's sort sense. of the second act, isn't it, that's the big event in there, yeah. that sort of build it up and sets the way for the third act to yeah. carry on yeah. um, as good as the film is though yeah. I did take issue and uh, I think this is probably going to be quite a common criticism uh, with some of the human characterisation yeah. things like that I mean it, it it was definitely the weakest element of the film definitely and that's not to say all the characters were bad I think the two child actors in it were really good yeah because I mean there are some standout they weren't annoying which is which yeah, is which is a testament to child actors because yeah, because yeah, <laughs> they don't I annoy annoyed. you. They've done good job. Yeah, because I am annoyed by most child actors. Mm. I think it's the fact they just haven't had enough years to yeah. sort of become a good actor. But obviously, you need children to act, so you get these not very good um, sort of actors. But no, they did they did extremely yeah. well, and it, it wasn't all shouting and screaming and being in distress. It was you know there was genuine fear there, you know, yeah. um, which yeah, I think it just worked. They worked really well. The baddies, on the other hand, yeah, pretty weak. I, I mean, think the baddies probably weighed down by their plots yes. more than anything. Yeah, there, that's there true. is a weak subplot, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, and it but doesn't really go anywhere, does it? It's, no. set up for, it's set up for a potential sequel, is what it feels like. Yeah, I guess. By the end. It's just but a it's bit, you not, go, what's their plan? And it's not, yeah, right, it's not like okay. tantalizing enough to be like, oh, I want to find out what they do in the next one. Yeah. It's like, I, I want to see dinosaurs the in doing. the next yeah, one. I want to know what the good guys are doing in the next one. I don't yeah. want to know what the evil company is up to mm. with their little vague plans. You know? Yeah. So, um, but I think the the pace of the film makes hides it, that. You it? go, yeah, yeah. Right, what's that? Oh, wow, new dinosaurs. Yeah. And that so, just yeah. keeps you right along. You yeah. don't really have time to think about it. Even the good guys, you've got Claire who undergoes some just quite boring generic character development yeah she's like quite obvious isn't it the way that she's suddenly empowered sort of yeah she's like the business lady she only thinks numbers and then she's like flare wielding yeah you know action hero it's uh, yeah it's kind of it feels like are we a bit past that at this point you know obviously not there's always going to be like stereotypical elements but 
you know, for a film that's clever in so many other aspects with the nostalgic referencing and, you know, things like that, it, it does, yeah, fall a bit flat there. They could have definitely... As much as it something. pains me to say as well, the Chris Pratt's character... Not the little, greatest acting, like, not, not he's a great actor, but it's not the greatest role character, to act in, he's is just it? It's general hunky hero. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, a, you know, that's all there is to it. He's does, got, he doesn't have the charm and the no, wit of Star-Lord, That's the example. problem, we've got that juxtaposition. If it had been the other way around, it would have been quite interesting to see his that career, be because... Yeah he would have started off playing this generic kind of guy and then gone into this sort of quirky superhero role mm. whereas we I know he's funny him. we know yeah he's... it's really helped having this comedic sort of surreal out there role yeah but still mainstream enough you know for him to get this gig and he's a good actor he does well in the film he's a he's a good uh, sort of protagonist just yeah. fairly run of the mill you know a little feel bit like someone a little else, bit hero by numbers you feel like Channing Tatum could yeah, step in exactly. I feel like Channing Tatum could have done this yeah, yeah so um not to say Channing Tatum's a bad actor. No, because he has done some great films. He has done Again, with a comedic edge, good, the Jump yeah. Street films. Yeah, great, surprisingly so, yeah. good films. But, um, but it, it could be any sort of any male, any white male, Yeah, because unfortunately that is still the state that the industry is in, mm-hmm. uh, could step in and take that main sort of role, couldn't they? I'd say a role that I did really enjoy, going back to Jake Johnson, is Jake Johnson's character, the yep. IT guy. Really funniest bits of the film. Yeah. He's got some of the best scenes. I didn't even know he was in it. No, no. He's he's brilliant in it. It's oh, really, I do really remember funny. when they first announced that he was going to be in it, and I was yeah. like, "No way, he's going to be the main character." What? <laughs> yeah. it turns out, no, absolutely no. not. And that would have been a that would have been a completely different movie. That would have. But been uh, <laughs> but he does yeah he does very well. The comedy's not forced. No. Um, it's it's just enough there. It's obvious from the beginning that he's the comedic sort of, you know, he's the comic relief. Um, it lends from Colin Trevorrow, the director, coming at it from sort of his sort of indie comedy angle. Yeah. Bringing, yeah. obviously, I'm guessing he probably had some say in bringing Jake Johnson. Yeah, you'd like Johnson to think was so. in um, Safety Not Guaranteed. Yeah. So, yeah, he brings some of the, it sort of breaks up the like, huge, brilliant set pieces and brings it all back down to these really funny, laugh out loud moments. Yeah. yeah. Which is really nice. But yeah, I think the, overall the pacing of the film is fantastic it, it is it really helps set piece brings it down then it just nicely goes along I mean, no I, point does it feel yeah. stunted or like it's lost traction no like I said I imagined you know the, the, in the trailer there's this bit with the, the gyrosphere which is a little sort of yeah. tourist um, sort of vehicle that go around the park and there's a bit where you know the big dinosaurs obviously trying to get in to get to mm. the kids and I just thought well that's a complete rehash of you know the, the car, the the car scene, scene from yeah. um, Jurassic Park and I thought I don't want to watch that, but it's such a it's such an actual small but integral part of that scene. Yeah, that it you it really it works. It works insanely well. Yeah. You know, they they showed it in the trailer. They, you know, they show it in the film, and that's that's it. It's not it's not a dragged out set piece. It's just a short, sharp sort of snapshot. Yeah, a part of the sort of the bigger thing. So the pacing, yeah, definitely exactly. so I helps the film so much. The pacing and the nostalgia, just the set pieces. Won't go into detail, but the one at the end, just wow, Fantastic. It, so yeah, good. Sort of it really pays. It's, it's got the kind of payoff at the end. The big think this the is big fight. It's brilliant. It just runs on. It's an absolute thrill ride of a film. Yeah. It's just so enjoyable to watch. I could just I could go back in and watch it again and again and yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it leaves you just coming out of cinema feeling like an eight-year-old. Yeah, like, it does. It really well. does. Which is exactly what the director intended. Yeah, I believe, so, so. Well, he's done his job. Congratulations so, to him. He's done extremely well. Yeah. How many duns are you giving Jurassic World? Five. Five duns. Five duns. Are we ever going to review a film that, that doesn't get five? Doesn't get four and a half Mad above. Max, yeah. Are we going to have to? Because the problem is, we're choosing films that we like, David. You realise this, don't you? Yeah. We've been naturally. I mean, to be fair, price of cinema tickets. Loads of why am I going to go see a film, film that, that I know like. I won't like? Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Right. One day. At some point, one day, we're going to do the the negative review section. We're going to choose can an we album get, we hate. Can we get a stream of? Um... United Passions, the FIFA movie. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Just do that. Yeah, we can. Uh, we can do a review of that, and yeah. it's going to be a. Really honestly, horrible I don't know episode. what film we're going to do next because obviously next episode we're going to be doing E3 specials, so no films next week. No folks, films next week, afraid. I'm afraid. But, but um, after that, we'll have to see what is on the horizon. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like and for the life office. of me, now that we've now that Jurassic World and Mad Max have gone past, the next big one is Ant Man. Oh, actually, yes. But I don't know when's that out. And that could be sometime mid July. Because I, I don't think that's going to be such a surefire hit. No. So, no. anyway, stay tuned for that but one. Yes. Right. <laughs> 
now it's time for our Game of Thrones segment, which is going to be a recap of episodes. Everything. Everything. Uh, but we're, we've got a bit of catching up to do on episodes 9 and 10. Specifically, so this is the full season, what's happened, the big finale. We're talk about everything. So. And we're going to try and cover what we think is going to happen next. Because as we said last time, it's really exciting now. People in the books don't know what's going on. People in the show definitely don't know what's going on. So everything is up for sort of uh, pondering on. So it should be it should be quite fun. It hasn't been like that no. since the beginning. So exactly. I'm crazy one, so. excited about season six. Yeah, definitely. So I might somehow try and hibernate for ten months. Yeah, I think is that's that that's normally my plan after the Wake end me of every up. season. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, okay, so uh, Davy's uh, gone now. He's uh, hibernated. Is, is it season six yet? It's not. Davy, ah! go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. But no, did you find that this season uh, did yep. kind of feel a bit like a filler for season six? Yeah. Because yeah. not a lot happened t- until the very end. I mean, it was all interesting enough, but everything is gearing up towards what's coming next. It seemed you know? weird that they had, th- well, really three books because Dance of Dragons is split into two books. Yeah. Three books of source material. They've done a, yeah. They've done an anti-Hobbit. They have, yeah. <laughs> they've just yeah. condensed everything down into ten hours, yeah. which is pretty impressive. It is. So let's get really into it now. Yes, we, so we're starting we're really around the sort of episode eight, nine onwards mark from here. So yeah. um, what have we got to discuss? Basically where the characters have been left off. So bravos, we will go to first. Yep. So the last thing we discussed, um, nothing was really happening with Arya. Don't think she was doing a little rookie assassin one hundred and one. Yeah, her her mission had just been kind of set up, and in the ensuing episodes, um, you know, her cocky side kind of returns. If you think back to season one, where she sort of didn't really go by the rules, you know, what she was set up to do. Well, I heard she had no rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I heard from some guy in Westeros. (laughs) So um, it's it's good to see that she's still got that rebellious spirit. Oh, def- but on the yeah, other hand, definitely. it's once again got her in trouble. She didn't go ahead with the assassination, which she no. definitely should have, because you know she's trying to become one of the faceless. So why why wouldn't she? But then she is not no one. She is not she no one yet. Right. Still motivated by her own sort of uh, desire to have everyone on her list killed, yeah, as we've little list. seen with the appearance of Mary Mi- Trant, yes. which. Is a difference in the book, I think, is it? Yeah, that is completely invented for the show, which is a nice touch. Yeah, it's a nice touch because it it brings everything back to her time in Westeros. It kind of uh, allows her to be rebellious for good reason. She's not just throwing away her assassin badge because she <laughs> because she's just randomly decided to kill the wrong person and you know there's a proper no. reason for it which is it was a really good touch of all yeah and he's one of the few people on her list less to kill that's so. true yeah and she managed to do it by her own hand which is which yeah. is good good on her good on her really just the only, the real big downside though is um, the fact that the last we saw the very last shot we saw of her start going blind Started going blind. Started going blind. So another crippled Stark. Yeah, right. So they're so unlucky. They're, they're so the unluckiest unlucky. family. In, so, not, yeah. even, not just Westeros, just, I don't know, the whole world that they live so in. So what, what do you think the future holds for Arya? Because obviously the books go a little bit further. In. Yeah, not a I lot. Mean, I mean, I'm going to speculate and say that her blindness is temporary and been brought on by her sort of mentor to kind of, you know... Um, because obviously she takes Marin Trant's eyes. Yeah. And so for me, watching her go blind, that seemed like just a transfer of, you know, eye for an eye, that this is what happens oh, when you nice. misbehave. Literally eye for an eye. Nice, yeah. Oh. And that's, so that's what happens in this world of assassins when you commit something wrong, when you, you know, do the wrong thing. It's a lot better reasoning that happens in the book. And that's the it's thing just, that confuses me. Where she me. just goes blind. Yeah, that's what confuses me. Is that still something that happens in the book, but... Yeah, but not such a I, I seemingly. I preferred the show for this reason. I liked yeah. that Mirren Trout was there. It was a nice little callback to her list. It was good. It, more, yeah, it was interesting. Definitely. So, um, how many duns are you going to give Arya's storyline? Story I'm going to give it four. Four duns, I reckon, duns because it's, it's been solid. I mean, there wasn't a huge amount happening, but the whole the fact that she's actually on the path now to becoming mm. an assassin and has managed to kill one of her targets. 
like her own personal targets, that that does make it a sort of a pretty a pretty decent story. It's going to be interesting. What's going to happen to her in the future? Will she come back to Westeros? Yeah, I mean, some... will she remain? Will she remain blind for the rest of? Know. Who knows? I mean, has it been revealed in the book yet? Game of Thrones loves a bit of revenge. No, no, yes, nothing no, yet. So nothing it's yet. all up for grabs. Will she be blind forever? Will and become a cool blind assassin? Or will she become not blind and just become a cool assassin? Oh, that that that's revealed. Yes. Yeah, so. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought we meant Westeros. Oh no, I no, don't know. No. I don't know. But right. Anyway, yeah. moving swiftly on onto Dawn. Yes. So more exotic locations. After episode nine, seemed to have wrapped it all up. Things Everything's were going smoothly then. A little Things were going too okay. smoothly for yes. Game of Thrones. Yes. As always, uh, they can't just have a, fa- a happy family reunion, can they? There's, there's nope. no such thing. Uh, so a bitch happened? face has to fuck it up. Yeah. So things were always a bit tense because of the whole Oberyn being his his head being exploded thing. That, that's yeah. That will that will ruffle some feathers. Gonna, yeah. For sure. you know, the, the, people have fallen out over much less uh, with among families. <laughs> so yeah, I, I can I can kind of understand that. Yeah, I can see a viewpoint. But they seem to have got past that. They realised it was all for the good of the kingdoms. It, it wasn't personal. It was. It was, it was, you know, just a battle for Tyrion. I mean, that's obviously not good that he escaped, but no. they kind of got past that. They were like, let's draw a line here. Yeah. Okay. You know, all and over the bridge. Ba-da-da, let's sail back. Everything's happy. Um, and then, bam. Bam. Poison. Poison everywhere. I mean, that is their uh, their signature, isn't it? That it family, is. that is their thing. They love it. Um, so it, it kind of makes sense. And to be fair, it was a pretty big deal, the whole rift between the two families something was bound to happen so is it fair enough i mean in the world of game of thrones is that a fair thing that happens no i mean the poison it's, thing it's is murder it of an is, innocent yeah person. but this is game of thrones man this is you know they they sell their daughters off to people they don't like to keep kingdoms <laughs> going so what is another murder um the way it happened like is the, the whole poisoning thing is dishonest but i think that's that's kind of to draw attention to like maybe the cultural differences between Dawn and Westeros slightly. I don't know because those guys have no qualms about fighting, killing. You know, she dishonorably. Could have, she could have just as easily killed Jamie Lannister. That's true, actually. Yeah, it's, you know, maybe would have been. So there was definitely then a tactical element. It wasn't just because you could kind of forgive her if it was a crime of passion. If yeah. it was kind of like you know whatever. You... She's had time to think about this. She's been plotting yeah, it. Yeah, and instead of going for Jamie, yeah, she killed the sort of innocent princess yeah uh, what will this mean for both a tristan on well, the boat yeah, yeah you know he's a lannister cap he's a prisoner really now isn't he essentially yeah she's yeah. dead they're not like going to turn around and say oh we'll drop him off no so <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a good point actually. sorry about so that girlfriend's got, dead yeah Let's, uh, just drop you off. got some leverage that i didn't realize they had because mm. i thought they're gonna be a bit uh, shit creek because they're not really in a sort of power position, position to now. launch into you know war. they've lost their kind of um their stronghold they kind of well they've lost the the one man who had them garnered the most respect from everyone else mm. has disappeared his dog has gone has been they've murdered they've still got a substantial army and following Tommen's and... on the throne so yeah, yeah they're still they're got still back in but just it might be a bit more of a decisive sort of will loss or victory for them rather than just to stay go to war yes yeah, so so I that'd think be interesting they probably should for the whole you know for the story arc but because and we were saying earlier that there's um, there's not a lot of people vying for the throne at the moment. No. So, so to have Dawn come over and not necessarily want to take over the throne, but just to ruin the Lannisters' lives, it would be, be a nice, nice twist tension, on it. Yeah. And it would it would give us some more sort of big battle scenes, which would be excellent. Okay. To be with you. So on the other side of that fight, we've got the stuff happening at King's Landing. Yes. So obviously Tommen's on the throne, but his mum started the episode still in prison. So yeah. In the well, not in prison in the cathedral amazing cathedral how sorry dungeons. you feel for someone who you hated so much yeah not even a whole season ago you know i like that the show did manage to do that because in the book yeah you, you first you turn the because always the chapters are point of view chapters yeah so you can't say you read cersei chapter the chapters evil no one wanted yeah but they actually turn out to be some of the best i yeah. really love them because it's all sort of her scheming yeah. and her downfall yeah, that is quite nice. Is you get to see the rise and fall, basically, don't yeah. you? And I think what's quite good is that they separated her and Tyrion. You know, that, that means... Because that was the big thing that I didn't... No one really liked her for last season, was the fact that she was constantly persecuting Tyrion of all these things. And Tyrion's everyone's favourite character. And, so, yeah, so, so, so it's good that they sort of removed that dynamic. You know, they're not the bickering 
you know siblings anymore yeah. that that's kind of resolved itself and all you're left with is Cersei's point of view um, at King's Landing and, and how crap everything's turned for her really mm. I mean to be fair it was her own doing she gave all the power to yeah like, to try and but, but her she fixation wasn't on Marjorie. To like sort of, yeah, that's it. I mean, it wasn't that's, a witch. That's what's brought everyone. her downfall. Her yeah. absolute obsession, which came from the first episode where she had her oh, flashback yes. to Maggie the Frog. Of course, because yeah. it's like you know, yep, you'll be queen. Nice. All your your some of your children will be crowned. Yeah. And all die. Which now uh, Mar- Marcella's gone. You know. It's you don't fancy Toman's chances, oh, do God, you? No, no, Jeez. no. I, I mean, I like to think he'll stay on the throne for a while because he seems a bit more. He's a, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's, he's just, just nice. a nice guy. He's just nice. Is he too nice? Yeah, but it's better than too evil, yeah. isn't it? So, um, but no, I very so, much doubt he's going to stay. I'd like him to, but I don't think he's so going to be on the throne. So all Cersei's life is just yeah. Be a but then shit. speaking of the Tyrells, um, ever since they've been imprisoned, we have not seen a jot of them, which I find is quite interesting. Yeah, um, we've seen Cersei in prison, so we, we've. You know, we we know they're there. We know that they're allowing us to see some of the prisoners, but the fact they withdrawn the Tyrells yeah. from any shot, no, even not even a mention. I think that that's building up. For I like six. that they've taken the sort of point of view aspect of the books and just given us Cersei's viewpoint of King's Landing. We don't yeah. really know what's going on. For instance, no. when she finally gets back to the, the Red Keep. Um, there is a new Knight of the Kingsguard. Yes. Which in the book is called Sir Robert Strong. I imagine they'll probably keep the same name. Yeah. I yeah. Can't, don't I don't mention his name and they just go his name. No. I don't know why they're even bothering to hide who it is though. It's pretty obvious. It's, so <laughs> it's obvious. just. I mean, probably more so in the show than the books. I imagine yeah. because they explicitly have that scene where he's all shaken about and he's like, oh, mm. quietened down. And from that point on, you like it's yeah. obvious. You know exactly what they're trying to do. Um, but that is another nice sort of magical angle. I like how the magic is slowly mm. seeping into the world. You know, season one, it was kind of, it was introduced, but it took a backseat to the politics. And yeah. then now, like, there's the just tables are turning. Creeping a bit. in, yeah. yeah. With, you know, not not just the White Walkers and, you know, blood magic and stuff. You've got several different elements all coming mm. together, um, which is really interesting. But, um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with um, so Strong. I don't know where they're going to go with that. Cause, yeah, I, mean, I imagine he's going to be as good a fighter as he was, so that would make sense. But uh, something's bound to go wrong there, I imagine. Something's bound yeah. to go terribly wrong. See what happens to Tyrells and what that means for the power play for sort of the throne, really. Yeah, Who's absolutely. controlling Toman? Yeah, will so things kick off again? Next will season, there be wars be everywhere. Yeah, you know, the like... Tyrells and the Lannisters turn each other, it'll be all out. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on. Yeah. Uh, back across the narrow sea to Marine. In Slaver's Bay. Yeah, not a surprising amount that's really happened since um, no, the Colosseum. Episode 9, was the, that was the big event, that wasn't it? That was the it? big, yeah, that, that was, you know, everything kicked off there and Daenerys was, like, genuinely, her life was in danger. And that that was a great moment when they were running through the middle of the Colosseum. Um, Tyrion has, has taken a hand and is trying to lead her to yeah. safety. I mean, it was such a good moment because you properly felt I was like, she's got a strong chance of dying here. You know, there's mm. and, and Tyrion himself as well. Like two of the main characters, you know, mm. um, had an extremely big chance. And towards the end of the season, you're always on edge about which character yeah. to go. And, <laughs> you know, someone's going to Game of Thrones, anyone's up for grabs. So that that was a really excellent plotline, I thought. Um, and then afterwards, you get to see a bit of the aftermath. But you know, Daenerys is back safe. You know, things are relatively okay. Um, and then suddenly things go bad again don't they we're not, not hugely bad with some magical reappearing Dothraki yeah it's yeah. a camouflage that's a I think it's Jurassic a... World <laughs> nice nice where do they come from where <laughs> where it's... I don't know um, it's... that was a big like draw distance yeah there. she, 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 she had a fly- big wasn't she flying on Drogon and then so she could have looked down and be like there's a there's Wait a whole a army over there I'm definitely not going to fly into the middle of those guys I'm just going to go there. Well, she like just sort nothing. of walks down a big valley then just yeah. a horse appears. Like, I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, it, it serves its purpose. It's pretty dramatic. Yeah. Like, the actual moment. And a nice callback to season one, you know, because mm. we haven't really seen the Dothraki. I don't know if we have seen them since then, to be honest. Not There's really, no. not really any mention besides, you know, and Tyrion and her having the discussion about her history as of late, that sort of thing. Um, so it's, yeah, full circle for her, basically. Um, whether they will take her back in because she's proven herself 
or whether they will absolutely I detest her for what they've done they will to their capture Drogo. Her. Yeah, I think so. I, I think know, so. Drogon's not too far away. Maybe so, he'll come to the rescue. I'm, yeah, I'm sure Also to the rescue, the boys are back in town. It's <laughs> Sajora and Darian and Haris. Bad Boys 3. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad he got redeemed, to be honest with you, Jorah, because... Um, I was feeling really sad for him. I was feeling really sorry for him. It's going to be pretty characters. awkward, that ride out to meet Daenerys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I'm, I'm really glad that he's um, he's back in the gang. That's good. That's yeah, good news. I do like him. Yeah. Okay, and back in Marine, holding the city, is now this new small council nice of Tyrion, shift, yeah. uh, Missandei, and Grey Worm. Which so is great how to are they going to get on? kind of secondary characters, um, sort of, working their way up basically you know? uh, it like, is but then do we need any more romance scenes between Grey Worm and Miss Anne? Oh, no, 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 no boring no, no they need you to just get that over Grey Worm was scared for not seeing Miss Anne it's this, the worst scene of Game of Thrones I can't remember this, does record. he have a wang or not I don't know or is that not known yet because everyone assumes he doesn't but is it going to be that whole like oh my god he's actually got penis thing you know like not that that's a well established thing <laughs> What thing is that? (laughs) But it will be after this. It will be a thing. Um, Surprise! Surprise! Because you know that that would be the season six, um, just the final episode closer, won't it? Just be like, she'll be like, oh my god, and then cut to black. Uh, (laughs) But um, anyway, derail slightly. But yeah, tell me about it. But they're in charge. Things could get quite interesting because there's still the sons of the harpy who are Mm. kind of out blood they're not going to care that Daenerys is gone they're just going to go for whoever's on top now and so... there's two chained up dragons in the city yeah if riots kick off will they stay chained up mm. that it could be really dangerous so like, Marine could get Marine could be completely obliterated yeah and then they'll just fly then, somewhere else and they go oh let's go Westeros now yeah, finally yeah, yeah. okay so now on to the real meat of the episode we'll go to well up north north first to Winterfell where we had Stannis the Manis preparing to attack. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he was. Um, it was. It was pretty swift, wasn't it? He didn't really take long to sort of plan anything. Uh, no things. Ever since he. Oh yeah, we haven't discussed this yet. Ever since oh, he set God. fire to his own daughter <laughs> on the on the nonsense words of some quasi-religious woman. Yeah, things have gone really badly for him. Um, yeah, they really for good went reason. Down. You know, people people aren't going to stick with you if you start. I really question why the show did that. It did like, seem really they've, out of just, they've built the whole thing up. Stannis was getting to be a really yeah, good character, yeah. and they just completely ruined him by burning his own I daughter. I mean, to be fair, like he said all these things to his daughter, and he seemed like a good guy. But this isn't the first time that he's killed people that are relatively close to him. The people that the should of, definitely yeah. have lived, and it, it, so it, it. I think it is in keeping with his his need to kill and his need to dominate the what? throne. It's, it's kind it's of... not his need. It's not even something he wants. No, it's his, true, he feels actually. it's his feels duty. It's his, yeah, because he has to, because he has me. to take yeah. the throne. And, you know, most of the time, to be fair, Melisandre's guidance did seem to work. Now, whether that was to yeah. chance or not, we mm. don't know. But for the most part, it, it was going well. But, um, yeah, I think regardless of what I... she saw in her vision... No army is going to stick by you once you've set fire to your no. daughter. No, I think sort of out of fear he felt he needed to because at the Black Battle of Blackwater he, he didn't take Melisandre with him. He absolutely got his ass yeah. handed to him. So uh, he's probably yeah. Uh, Healing. Better listen to her, and he shouldn't have because no. it all went to shit. It did. Like the, the battle was hoovered him up. Really well done, I thought, because you didn't see uh, quite like um, one of the battles in season two, I believe. Yeah. Um, it, you didn't really see much. You got the beginning of the battle. You, you ramped up, and then you saw the bloody aftermath. You saw everyone you know, dying or dead, and yeah, you couldn't really tell who'd won. And I thought that was quite nicely done. Um, maybe it's just because they spent all the budget on hard home. <laughs> maybe. I don't know, but... You gotta, you gotta think. About yeah, it, yeah, but. Um, but anyway, it was a really well put together little piece, and mm. ultimately, uh, Stannis is down for. He is, for all intents and purposes, deceased. I assume he's deceased by the hands of Brian, which was a nice little, a really good touch. I nice thought. because it obviously She's... it brings it back to her original where she started out in the story. Yeah, back in season two. Yeah, 
Because so, in uh, my head, she's not like one of the original cast. No, but, but really, for all intents and purposes, she's been there. I tell you what, there's a lot of season three that I don't really. I, I think it's the least watched season of mine. I need to go okay. back and revisit it because I remember when she, uh, you know, when she's in the bear pit and things. Like, yeah, kind of, I completely that's, that's that sort of disappeared from my memory for a while. And mm. uh, so she is quite an integral character, and I'm, she I'm is, glad yeah. she got her moment of redemption there. You mm. know, she can so kind of kind of eventually until she's hopefully going to try and find. Sansa. Wow, she's in the right place. Yeah, because Sansa has just jumped out of Winterfell. Yes, with Reek slash Theon, which I think is is a really nice little touch there. That the fact that they actually have, you know, they've not forgiven each other. I'm sure there's still going to be. She's going to hate him for the enemy of my enemy. Yeah, but then it's it's great that they are actually, you know, they're on the path to redemption for each other. Hopefully, things will pan out well for them. And Theon, you know, he's he's. He's betrayed her a few times, but can you blame him? The way he's been treated, the way he's been broken down. Exactly, especially he's how not the same man. The reason anymore. why he betrayed Rob to try and like win his father's trust and stuff. Yeah, with the, yeah. To, you know, to be the heir of the Greyjoys. Yeah, he's sort of, see, he did he's, feel. He's, I feel he's sorry. He's not really for bad. He's just misguided. Very much. He's so. copying everyone around him. So he sees mm. his father going all guns blazing, and he does the same, yeah. thinking that if he if he just rushes into Winterfell like he did, then things have pan out well so I don't think he's a bad guy um, certainly not now after everything he's been through no. he's had the worst time I think possibly of any of the characters definitely just because he's still alive basically all the other characters that bad things have happened to they've I mean, eventually they, been saved from it I mean Grey Worm should be mates they should yeah yeah they should <laughs> and, but then it's revealed that Grey Worm has a dick and then it's like you get, betrayed me I thought you were one of the dickless society, as well. yeah. the brotherhood without dicks <laughs> Anyway, anyway. We've, we've missed out a few done ratings here, so we'll just go back on that one. Yeah. So, Dawn. So we'll have Jamie Lannister. What's his done rating this season? The whole Dawn thing, three and a half. It's probably the weakest one, um, but it still had its moments, you okay. know. Right, uh, Cersei. What done's he giving her? Uh, four and a half, because nice, they yeah. made you feel sorry Strong. for her, and that's really tricky to mm-hmm. do. Like, I completely forgot how horrible she is. Okay. Daenerys. Uh, done Aries uh, uh, four yeah four solid four like it's, okay. it's definitely captivating storyline but it's ended on a bit of a sort of duff note I think like we it's quite interesting to think ahead to what she's going to do yeah but at the it's same a bit time it's, it's so a open bit, now yeah, yeah so it's, it's not really it's nothing that grabs okay. you Tyrion uh, five because he's an excellent character and yeah. I'm glad he's back in the role of like looking after the big city you know, yeah. he's, he's back where he should be it's excellent I, he's, not, yeah. he's not living in a box anymore no I did re- I really like it when he yeah. was the um, master of coin right yeah. Sansa Sansa um, three and a half four three and a half actually okay. three and a half can't necessarily tell you why but three and a half okay um, and Reek slash Theon four because I'm glad that he's finally kind of yeah. Um, Stannis the Manis. Um, three and a half. We weren't decisively shown whether he was killed or not, which kind of annoyed me slightly. Like it's pretty much assumed that they're not yeah. going to do the whole. Oh wait, he held his sword up and was like, "No, don't kill me yet." Like I'm yeah. pretty sure he would have just taken it. Oh, like I'm a boss. fairly certain he's dead. But that ambiguity kind of annoyed me, um, yeah. and the fact we didn't quite get the full-blown sort of battle sequence like we the way they did do it was good but it would have been nice to have a bit of an extended okay. battle scene there and now to the big the big bit get your tissues because we're going to remember <laughs> john snow john snow he knows nothing because he's dead <laughs> yeah really really gutting i mean I well hadn't, I hadn't, yeah those I daggers in- were i had an inkling it was gonna happen but the fact that they sprung it on me at the very last minute, I was I was not prepared. You know, no. I had I had inklings because I knew he was in other. That's the problem with this like celebrity culture is you hear about him in a new film. Anyone from Game of Thrones in a new film or long running TV show, you mm. automatically assume Wait they're dead in the next season. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he you know he cut his hair, and that was Ooh, like a big thing in the contract yeah. as he wasn't allowed to as he was part of the show. So. Um, yeah, so I, I did kind of guess, but the way they did it was really depressing. Savage, it's yeah. really horrible. Um, for the wall. 
top of the wall indeed um, oh no I mean it was yeah the fact that he, the killing blow was finale that was you know it made sense in the narrative I, I, but it, it was I, really sad because I've read the books I knew that that was coming and I yeah. knew that it was going to be Ollie because of how they're building him up and, uh, yeah and the whole wild the wild family the dad. Yeah, yeah yeah so how did you stuff. find it translated from the book to the screen I thought the series didn't really have enough time to build up the sort of difficulties that were going on at the wall and the sort of tensions between a lot of the brothers and Jon Snow's yeah, leadership. It was all a bit superficial, wasn't it? Like you had them, mm. you had them staring out the wildlings, and that, yeah. that just meant that they hated them. Yeah, there was no there was like, a bit of we're doing what with the wildlings? Yeah, that was that was basically it. There wasn't the whole no interaction with bickering them, really. and arguing and yeah. So yeah, that that maybe could have had a bit more time to build up, but they obviously needed to keep it at a pace to fit this into the last episode to yeah, finish on this so, scene yeah I mean I can see why they wanted to end it because if you open next season with that I mean you yeah. set the benchmark pretty high haven't you yeah. so I can see why but I wish they had given it more time for mm. such a good character for the for arguably the like the best character they, the main character the main really. character well, they, Daenerys, they've so not really think. yeah they didn't they really did not give it as much of a build up as it deserved you know it was the mo within its with the scene itself was great, but the way it was framed, you know, either side is it's not not it's ideal really. It's all shocking though. What was more shocking, Jon Snow dying or the Red Wedding? What surprised you more? I'm gonna say the Red Wedding definitely yeah, because still... that still that was the the sheer magnitude of it. The, the it was relatively early on. Or as even well. Ned Stark dying. Yeah, That's actually, that yeah, because that was the first time he really realised that things were anyone different in this go. show. Yeah. yeah, so that was the main character. And whereas we've got used to that now, literally still, anyone in the show could die. I um, forgot Sean Bean was in it. Yeah, right. It's that, it's, it's that long Jeez. ago. Yeah. Um, but that's part of the. I think that's yeah. what's great about the show. Is it's it, so it's it feels like so it feels much. like history as well, doesn't it? Mm. Like the first few seasons, that feels like yeah, sort of relatively recent history in in what's happening now. Things are so far removed. So it is. It's quite fun to sort of look back and think. Yeah. Actually, oh wait, all these pivotal things have happened to lead up to this. And, so you know. let's theorise on what we think will happen at the wall. What will happen to Jon Snow? Is he dead? Oh, is I get the feeling dead? that. I mean, if they wanted to be really ballsy with it, they would kill him off forever. Yeah. But I think the death was too cheap for that to happen. Maybe that's why they didn't have the build up. Maybe they wanted it to be unsatisfying. Yeah. So that we're really satisfied when he comes back. Because yes. um, that would be, you know, that would be incredible. Um, I get the feeling that Melisandre's not there because she. Oh, one thing we've got to mention: Melisandre has yep. escaped to the wall. Yeah, legged it. Um, having left Winterfell because things were going, you she could tell things were going really how wrong. How far is this? Is this I don't know. Like, it seemed like a long march yeah, away. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, um, she got a cheap so flight. Lastminute.com. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, her not her being there is too coincidental for her not to try and use some of her um, resurrecting powers. Um, mm. Whether she'll succeed or not, whether John, if he, if it does happen, whether he's going to be a husk of what he I wants. I really was. hope they don't. I think they. I want them them to bring him back fully or not at all. Yeah, yeah. I think, but like you said, he's doing other stuff. I think they might leave him out a season. They will. They're going to leave him out season six for definite. Yeah, so that's, be that's good. a definite. Um, I think it'd be nice if he was sort of, if he had a few scenes of Ghost, because, you know, he could walk. I quite like it if he walks into that's, Ghost Yeah, for a bit, I heard that, that he around. could, yeah. And then maybe if, if Ghost kind of kept his soul intact mm. for a bit then maybe Melisandre could do something with that and maybe that's hopefully what they're leading into but yeah. so many ways they could go with it um, the one I'm really the one way I really hope they're not going is that he's just dead forever because yeah, he really deserved a much I wouldn't mind if he had a really good send off uh, if, if it was if there's a lot more build up and it was handled a bit more with a bit more nuance I think yeah. um, then I would be kind of okay with him being gone forever so yeah that pretty much sums up Game of Thrones season five. Yeah, it's been not not the most exciting season until the very end, but it became incredibly exciting. So it's it's pretty much got us prepped for for next year, isn't it? I mean, yeah. What are you gonna do until then? Oh, I don't know. Um, read not read all the books because I already know what happens. Um, probably read up on all the backstory. I quite like yeah. the whole the fact that the whole world's got a really far-reaching history to it you know mm. like the first like what was it the doom that sort of thing yeah the doom of valeria that's very interesting to read up on you know so i'm i'll probably just do that for for that long and uh try and distract myself with other shows i just, I just want trailers for it now the problem Show i me. find with other shows none of them are ballsy enough to kill off 
any of the main characters. Like The Walking Dead, one of my constant criticisms is like it's just not as good as Game of Thrones because they don't kill off as many people. But like, if they did, I'd be angry at it. True, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, a bit I of a balancing act. Well, they killed Rachel. Yeah, no. it's a bit of an unfair sort of benchmark, isn't it, to set yeah. it against? But um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's other shows that could be on, but to be honest, yeah, just I'm, waiting, I'm never waiting. Excited. Than I am for the new episode exactly. of Game of Thrones. So, so as a season as a whole, how many duns are you giving it? It'll have to, mm, four, four, four duns. Three and a half. Three and a half is probably more fair because it was a slow beginning, but it redeemed itself at the end and had some. A lot of redemption in this roundup. That's true. <laughs> you yeah, count how many yeah. times you said redemption. Yeah, let's do that. We'll add it on the Well, maybe that it's is the theme of it, the it, season. Potentially, perhaps. potentially, we'll have to uh, look into that. But um. But now that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. So thank you for listening to our third episode, a yeah. special sort of uh, bumper issue. Third episode, first of our special yeah. edition bumper issue. So yeah, I don't know when we'll have the next one. Well, we've got next week's episode is kind of part two of this um, bumper mm. edition because so we've had E3. That soon. So expect that extremely soon. Very excited. I won't be saying redemption so much. I'll just be saying. <laughs> Well, unless well, there's a lot of games, games. Yeah, about redemption, I mean... Red Dead Redemption 2, potentially. Ooh. Who knows? <gasps> Who knows? I would genuinely love that, but so I don't. Happy. I think that's a couple of years off now. But yeah, um, yeah. but besides that, even, there's, even though there's no Red Dead Redemption 2, there's a lot of other games to be excited about. So, um, yeah, yes. that should be uh, should be pretty interesting. Well, hopefully, so. we'll kind of look across at all of them and pick out the best ones to talk about. You know, I'd like to think we'll mix it up a bit with like mainstream games and indie games a bit. Anything you know. takes our fancy, really. Yeah. We'll both have a sort of look around, go yeah. over all the footage and find the most interesting things we can. Yeah, so stay tuned for that next week. Yeah. And uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.